You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> My favorite thing every year about the NBA schedule release is that we try to break it down so much and in all actuality, everybody plays the same schedule as far as the same exact teams that they will face two times in the Western Conference and in their division, they'll maybe face them a little bit more. And overall, is your team good or not based on what talent you have and that is always one of the funniest things we are going to go over the schedule today we are going to fall victim to nba content right in front of our face it smacked us yesterday at 3 p.m when the nba released the schedule we will talk about it with the breakdown because there are some things might be some tough contest in a row to go over but it is always funny how people just go a little too far with it when in reality the hornets Schedule's not going to do them any favors because there's not a whole lot of things that are going to do them any favors, period. Well, and as Jared Dubin uh, astutely points out, you know, if you are a very good team, you can't play yourself. So generally, your schedule is going to be slightly better for you. And if you are a bad team like the Hornets project out to be, you also cannot play yourself. And so your schedule is generally going to be tougher because you know, you've got to play teams that are going to be better than you. So, yeah, I mean, it is it is somewhat ridiculous, and especially in an 82-game season. Like, it makes sense to do it in football, <laughs> right, where there right. aren't a ton of games, and so scheduling can affect a, a larger percentage of your season than scheduling can in the NBA. Yeah, talent's always going to win out, but that never stops us. <laughs> that never stops the content train. It doesn't. You, you cannot stop the content train. It's like, uh, what's that movie, Snowpiercer? It's like Snowpiercer, man. The train, the train can't stop or we all die. On the wake-up call, I was debating with Bobby about how the schedule is set up, and Bobby was like, you know, I really hate how this schedule starts out for the Charlotte Hornets, and I think this is the worst thing that could happen. I'm like, Bobby, they're not good. This no, is going listen. to be a disastrous year. I don't like I don't like that they're in the NBA right now. I don't. That's what I don't like. Yeah, the, the problem <laughs> the, with those, the schedule is that they aren't playing college basketball teams. No, if you go, I don't know, Walker, I'm sure you didn't listen to the, the thing that I put on Patreon. I had some like instant reaction stuff that I put on there and you're probably probably like me if your voice isn't on it you're not listening to it and I respect that okay but the, the, if you listen to me if you're a Patreon subscriber go and listen to that podcast maybe put it on if you've already listened to it go back to it and put it on two times speed to get through it very quickly but you can actually <laughs> hear my mind coming to that realization as I do every <laughs> yeah. year as I start to break things down I'm analyzing I'm looking at strength of schedule I'm trying to look at the tough stretches and then by the end I'm like oh yeah but they're not very good so the schedule is really uh it does it's not going to determine much for this team as much as we're going to be looking at the growth of individual players that is the content that we charge you for go listen to us except <laughs> that we want you to speed it up so you don't have to endure it as long, but we are charging you money for that. Please go listen to that. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You know what? I'm also a fan. Every single time the NBA schedule is released, I'm a fan of the classic joke that not only do they play everybody, but there's always different variations of that tweet. And sometimes the variations get me and I will let out an audible chuckle 
there was one that I forget who. I what, forget hold who on, hold on, hold on. What does your audible chuckle sound like? This is perfect audio content. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a chuckle. Now that's different from a laugh. Uh, it's also different from a chortle. A chuckle is is a I think a, is a is a chortle above a chuckle. The tweet was, according to my sources, the Orlando Magic are going to play 82 games this season. And then our friend, Philip Rossman Reich, who hosts the Locked On Magic podcast, he quote tweeted it and said, big if true. And I don't know why that got me. I was a fan. It's that's so always, dumb. That's just it as time. common. That's just as common. You have, the, you have the tweet. You have the tweets. And it's a, it's a little niche economy that we have on Twitter. People do the tweet and then people come over the top of that tweet with the retweet big if true yeah it's i i hate myself that i actually chuckled at it i did it's it's funny and yet i've seen it a million times but i am a fan and let's go ahead and fall victim to exactly what everybody fell victim to yesterday breaking down the schedule too deep so let's go over some of the facts because there are obviously things to take note of about some of the trips that they're going to go on west coast trips and you have former players that the hornets will be playing who kimba walker oh might interest you a little bit don't know if you know that guy. Don't know if you've tried to forget. I don't know if this is kind of a, what is it, Doug? You're the movie buff. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. You nailed is that it. Right? I, don't, I don't know if that's something you want to go through. Do you just want to forget all the memories uh, that Kimball Walker and you had back when you were a Hornet slash Bobcat fan? And do you just want to erase all of that? Or do you want to remember those times? There's also, a, there's, also, there's, also a great, there's also a great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where there was a species that would transfer all of the bad thoughts into another person, and by doing that, it would turn the person into like an old witch, but they would transfer all the bad thoughts out into one person so that they could continue uh, enjoying life, and it just sucked for that, that other person. The season starts October 23rd against Chicago. That will be held in the Spectrum Center. It's their first home game. It's their first game. Again, October 23rd, 7 p.m. tip-off against the Chicago Bulls. Winnable game. Could be exactly like 7-59 and season where the Bobcats won their first game. The Hornets could win their first game against the Chicago Bulls. Not saying go bet the mortgage on it, but starts off with a maybe nice little tasty win. And then you get to November 5th. And you get to November 7th, excuse me, I can't even say the month, November 7th. November 7th is when Kimball Walker returns for the Boston Celtics very early on in the season, and it will be the Charlotte Hornets' only nationally televised game. We're not going to count NBA TV games, that's the rule. Thank you. We're going to count ESPN, ABC, TNT, any of that trio. Boston Celtics, Charlotte Hornets, 8 p.m. tip-off, TNT, Kimba Walker comes home to Charlotte. November 5th, they get Jeremy Lamb coming back. So back-to-back games, at least for them, not back-to-back nights, but back-to-back games. Jeremy Lamb comes back to the Spectrum Center from the Indiana Pacers November 5th, and then November 7th, it will be the Boston Celtics with Kimba Walker. What do you think that early in the season, getting a couple of the guys that we hated to see go? Well, I'm glad that it's not reversed, right? Because then if it had been Kimba first, there's obviously going to be a big thing to do about it you know the the marketing team or the the video ops team there at the hornets uh, have to be hard at work early on to get ready for 
that that coming back game for Kimball Walker. But I'm glad that Jeremy Lamb at least gets the spotlight first so that it's not just such a huge letdown from Kimball Walker to Jeremy Lamb. So good for him. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, you, just looking at the early part of the schedule for the Charlotte Hornets, I, I think it's good, honestly, that the, when you have a young team to have these tests early on to say, look, there's no relaxing. There's no kind of getting into the groove in the season. No, you've got to play the Lakers. You're going to play the Clippers. And then you've got these emotional games that are coming up in November. There's no, you know, I think it puts the emphasis on everyone being prepared and ready to go out of training camp. I really, I like that part of the schedule for the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, I wish it wasn't that hard to start out. I think it would be nice to not have it that hard, but not that it matters in any way. I just... Los Angeles Lakers on the road, Clippers back-to-back nights, Sacramento, Golden State, four-game road trip at the beginning, very tough start to the schedule after you get past Chicago and Minnesota in the first two games of the season. Then you come back home, like I said, for those Indiana-Boston games, and then New Orleans will be that third straight home game that you have. But it does start off tough. I'll tell you that this is my takeaway, Doug, at least the schedule that I just kind of glanced over. You look at some of the things that you like, some of the things you dislike. You know, They've got 12 back-to-back games this year. The average is about 12, so they didn't get more or less. It's about on average of what all the other NBA teams got. I know the NBA tried to cut down on the back-to-backs that teams are going to have to endure turns out about the average went down one game which is fine that's good it went from 13 last year I think to about 12 this year Hornets right at that average I just think you look at the second half of the schedule compared to last year Doug the second half was brutal right we always talked about how after the all-star break it was the toughest schedule in the NBA it was tied with the magic I think at some point but it was really tough and You don't have that this year. What I would like to see is Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, Malik Monk, all of these guys get a bunch of contests under their belt together, playing together, trying to find some chemistry, and it actually, maybe you find some nice things to end the season on. You want to end the season with momentum. You want to end the season with some type of growth and development, and I think it will be easier to show. If you had Golden State, if you had the Clippers, if you had the Lakers at the end of the season, it would be really tough to show off some of the development that you had. So if we flip this thing, right, and you actually did get better, but you're not going to do anything against the Clippers because you've got Patrick Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard guarding you. (laughs) So it's going to be really tough to show off, hey, we actually did get better throughout the course of this season. It will be a lot easier to show it off against the Atlanta Hawks, who a lot of people like their development, but they're not a crazy tough team. I don't think they are going to be a playoff team this year. You've got Washington towards the end of the schedule. You've got Miami towards the end of the schedule. You've got a game against Oklahoma City on the road. That's one of the uh, road games that you have. It, it's not that hard of a schedule. Orlando, New York, yeah, like but you're that, getting a bunch of those March, teams in March and April. Yeah, that March is brutal, though. It's their toughest month by Vegas uh, over and under and strength of schedule, according to Ed Kupfer on Twitter, at Ed Kupfer, K-U-P-F-E-R. He does a great job of like breaking these things down every year. Uh, it's, it's, it's also the one month of the year, March, where the Hornets will be playing more games with, with less of a rest advantage than their opponents. So I think it's tough in patches because February actually looks like a, a fairly easy month for the Hornets. And then I think April, those, those uh, five or six games that they play in April, I think will, will be a good way to end the season. But that, that March is going to be a big test for them. But a lot of home games, and that's similar to last season too, where 
they backloaded a lot of the home games, but it was just super tough. Again, I, I mean, I, I think last season they had at least a shot to make the playoffs. So we were looking at it from the perspective of, oh, man, this is they've really got to get off to a great start because this is going to be difficult for them to rebound like they have in years past. This season, uh, you know, you just I, I just really hope that they can steal one of those games early on against the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors. You know, when when teams are trying to organize themselves, even the best teams are trying to figure out how they play together. I mean, Kawhi and Paul George have to figure out who does what when. And I think it's it's easy for or it's easier for a young team like the Hornets if they're scrappy, if they're prepared out of training camp to come in and just steal one from the big boys. I think it could be a big boost to this team's confidence. Yeah, so it's at the end of March where you you have Oklahoma City. Just look at that one. It is pretty tough, I guess, beforehand, but you do get Oklahoma City at the end, Miami at the end, which you know I know they've got Jimmy Butler, but fine. And then and they have actually got eight games in April, more games it seems like than in in years past that you actually dip into the month of April eight. with quite a few contests. So I, I like that. I, I like that they might be able to show you maybe a couple wins, but just the fact that, hey, we can end the season on momentum. This is how much we've grown. I think it'll be a lot easier to tell if they've grown with a little bit of easier schedule at the end of the season. Support for today's show comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt men's grooming. You may have seen Manscaped on Shark Tank and Men's Journal named their Lawnmower 2.0 as one of the best tools in men's grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code locked on at manscaped.com. That's locked on at manscaped.com. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with plenty more here on the Locked On Hornets Podcast, Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. Main character for American Psycho was Patrick Bateman, which really confused me. I always thought that Jason Bateman was Patrick Bateman. And that Patrick Bateman was Jason Bateman. (laughs) It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. My impression of Eric Collins just made me realize how tough it's going to be for Eric Collins to be as excited as he usually is. Because usually he hangs a big hat on, hey, this is our chance to get into the playoffs. Now it's just going to be all Miles Bridges dunks and Dwayne Bacon dunks. That's what's going to get him as excited as anything. Maybe the occasional Malik Monk slam jam every now and then. But Eric Collins is going to have a lot to do to try to muster up some enthusiasm this season. Yeah, I think the the announcing crew is going to go through the same kind of mental transition that we all have to go through with this season from – you know, expecting the Hornets to possibly sneak in the back door to the playoffs to, okay, we got to focus on the exciting things that these young players are doing and dream about their development and dream about maybe bringing another veteran onto this team in, in coming years that can solidify everything and send them back into playoff contention. So, yeah, I mean, everybody's going to have to do some gymnastics uh, to to figure out how to – dream about the future or you can just be you know completely negative so we referenced a couple of parts about the schedule that we found notable some things we did not get to november 16th through november 30th seven of the nine games are on the road so let me scroll up here to the schedule in that part so you look at that particular stretch you've got games against detroit new york 
Toronto, Brooklyn, Washington. Uh, Detroit's actually at home, but New York, Toronto, Brooklyn, Washington, they're all on the road. Then it's Chicago at home, Miami on the road, Detroit at home. It's actually back-to-back games against Detroit. Then you go and finish that up. Detroit, November 29th on the road in Detroit, and then you get Milwaukee November 30th. So those are some of the road games that you've got going on in that span. Honestly, that not bad, right? It's going to be a tough test early. Yeah, tough tough to be on the road for that long. But, I mean, you you know, just in terms of the slate of teams you're playing, you've got a lot of New York and Washington and Miami and Detroit in there. So mm-hmm. at least it's, you know, I, I think that's that's manageable <laughs> for this team. It's so tough. Doug, I hear you. I hear you so much, man. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm just I'm telling you. you. I'm just telling I'm you with just you. the level of that Here's competition. The Here's the thing. Like I look at that, I'm like, well, Detroit's a playoff team. Well, Milwaukee's really good. Yeah, we say well, that about Toronto Detroit. We say that about Detroit every year, by the way, that they're a playoff team and they, they just constantly disappoint. So, well, they were last year. Yeah, no, you're right about that. They they were a playoff team last year. They were a good playoff I mean, team. Well, come on. Were they? You're right. well, I don't I mean, think so. Well, I mean, <laughs> do you I think there's I mean, only seven teams that yeah, made it te- last year? Well, if you were getting technical about it, they were they were technically in the NBA playoffs, but I don't, I was I don't remember them. Play- Seriously, I, I mean, I, I would just ask this to the listeners. Do you remember Detroit playing a single playoff game last year? I don't. Yeah, well, I, well they got destroyed. It was against the Bucks. Yeah, they were bad. They, no, they might not, as well have not even been there. <laughs> that's, that's true. I'm not going to argue with that. I don't want to have an argument about Detroit. I don't want to have an argument about how good they were last year. Let, let me just, I'm just looking at this in comparison right. to the Hornets. I understand. Let me just say this thing about that stretch uh, of road mm-hmm. games. You, If you look back a little bit, you can go from about like November, yeah, November 13th to December 10th. So it's nearly a month where the Hornets are playing either back-to-back or every other night. So they're not getting that crucial two days rest where, where a team can sort of sit back, uh, heal their bodies, and, and also look at, you know, strategy, uh, maybe maybe run a practice. You know, you can't do any of those things when you're playing every other night or back-to-back. So that's nearly a month early on. Uh, the competition isn't as stiff, as I said, but it's, you know, it's difficult. Um, but at least, uh, you know, if you're talking about a young team, at least that's happening early as opposed to late right. when, they're, when they're starting to break down. It, it would be... You know, I worry about where if PJ Washington's getting big play time by then, I worry about where he is by January. Well, and you have to worry about his injury, but apparently he's actually doing some workouts. You're right about that, though. It's a young team at the beginning of the season. You have to endure all of that. So you would hope that the Hornets, as much as anybody, would be able to handle all of that because there's not as much mileage on the young guys. And even, you know, even guys like. It's not like Dwayne Bacon played a ton for a young guy last year. He was in and out of Greensboro, back and forth uh, to the NBA in Greensboro. Same thing with Devontae Graham. So it's not like they got a ton of mileage on their bodies. And Malik Monk was out of the rotation every now and then and didn't get as many minutes. So as far as a young team goes, if you're going to endure that, I think that's probably a, a decent part of the season that you look there. What are the games you want to go to, Doug? If you have to buy tickets... What games do you want to go to? Is there anything outside of, of course, Boston, Kimball Walker coming back to the Spectrum Center? Maybe Jeremy Lamb is somebody that entices you enough. Or is it just all about what teams did the best job this offseason and the Clippers are the team that entices you the most? Friday, January 24th, I want to dust off the old passport, pick up a croissant, check out yeah. Hornets and Bucks in Paris. <laughs> yeah, I, we actually... 
We're going to talk to John Fokey tomorrow, hopefully. We're going to get him on. New See how much French he knows. Hornets. He better start brushing up. We talked with him today on the wake-up call. So he's kind of doing a car wash, just getting everybody ready for Charlotte Hornets basketball with the schedule release. <laughs> Wait, a car wash? Is that a wash? Sorry about that. Car wash? Did I say wash? No, I said I just said wash. But we're getting oh, off. We're did. getting off topic. What yours is that? A, like a technical term in the biz? Yes, it Doing is. You a, don't know the car wash? Uh, no, I mean I don't think a lot of listeners do. Please, ex- that's why I stopped you. Please explain to me. Explain May- to me and everyone else what a car wash is. So the car wash is when you have a bunch of basically a bunch of interviews lined up to either promote something or if it's a product that you have, then you'll be on all of the different platforms. So if there's not a product here, it's just the Hornets. Well, I guess the Hornets are the product. We did promote the Hornets season tickets. If you want to buy them, do it. But that's what we promoted, and we had all the live reads and stuff in front of us, and we had Foki. You can if you help. buy season tickets, you'll you'll probably get to meet with Borrego at some point. He'll try to make you feel better. <laughs> apparently, yeah, apparently. So that's the car wash, right? You just go down the line of all the interviews that you have. You have them back to back. You have them, you know, maybe just you guys I should know, play maybe. the song "Car Wash." It would be a great inside joke that no it one would be. no one would understand. But you just play the song before he comes on. It would be. So we had Foki on today as a part of the car wash, and he mentioned that game in Paris and that he wanted to – he referenced working with the Minnesota Timberwolves and them actually going down to Mexico City and that it was really tough after Mexico City, just the games right after it because of the – because of, I guess, just the travel schedule and the effects that that has on your body. And he referenced, of course, that it's going to be even more tough – to do it in Paris compared to Mexico City, which is not nearly as dramatic a time change. And so I thought that was interesting. You look at what they're going to be doing after that Paris game and you know how much the travel schedule would be affected from them going all the way overseas and then coming back, immediately getting into the grind of the NBA schedule again. And now when you get your car washed, do you do it yourself or do you go to one of those drive-through deals? The drive-throughs are just so great. I, I just they're great, just but they, think, they sometimes it, it really struggles to get your car clean. You're and, right about that. And so, with that knowledge, I know that my car is not going to get as clean. So I always just opt for whatever level gives me the like rainbow spray because I'm like, look, if my car's my car's probably going to be the same level of clean if I'm bronze, if I'm silver, if I'm gold. But I'll at least have a good time if I see the rainbow spray. Yeah, I think big rainbow spray guy. I like I like the rainbow spray. I'm going to just I'm going to run through the car wash. I'm going to pay as little as I possibly can because you are right. The only time if you run if you run through it, you're guaranteed. Your body is guaranteed to be clean if you run through it. I think with me the car wash, the only people that if you get your car washed right. You're doing it because it's extremely dirty, and the car wash that you drive through will get the job done enough. Or you're Unless obsessed, you're just, or you're obsessed with your car. You're really proud of and, your car. You want people not. to right. I'm no, I mean neither. It's not that I'm not proud <laughs> of my car. It's just that I'm not. I just my, the car is a utility. It is. It is something that gets me from point A to point B. It's not something that I identify as part of myself as part of my identity. See, some people have cars and they associate it with their identity. And if their car is dirty, then they are dirty. I actually have to fly up to Indianapolis at the end of this week and then drive back my new car down all the way to Charlotte. Ooh, what'd you Eight get? And a half hour trip. Yeah, I think it's a Jeep. A Jeep so, what? Yeah. I think it's a Liberty. It's like an old car. 
You don't it's know what kind car. of car you got? You say you got a new it's, car. Yeah, it's it's my dad's old car, and he was like, you know, I'm not. If if you need a new car, then go ahead. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go ahead and make some payments on it, and it just will be Man, a lot is there easier any than more, buying a new is there car. Any more American name for a car than a Jeep Liberty? Now I hear that if you drive a Jeep that it, it, no matter what kind of Jeep you drive, if you drive a Jeep and you pass by someone else that drives a Jeep, there's a little there's a little head nod that happens. Like, hey, you're a Jeep guy. I'm a Jeep guy. It, the same thing kind of happens when you're on a bicycle, especially when it's really hot or it's really cold and you're braving the elements to some extent and you pass by another bicycle. To me, it's always polite to give them a little head nod to say, hey, we're out here together. We are uh, brethren in bike. And uh, I appreciate you. And sometimes people nod back and sometimes they don't. And I really feel like if you don't nod back, that's bad karma, man. It's, it's dangerous out there. It's bad karma. And watch out. The new Locked On NFL, Doug, it's on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows. And it's got the same expert analysis that we have here on the NBA Locked On portion. They've got all the expert analysis. They've got analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson, and it's also hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and finish up the show on the Locked On Hornets podcast. He's on fire! This is Locked on Hornets. Charlotte. How strong is an ox? Are we? I think we're overrating the ox. Uh, we are I, not overrating I, the I ox. Need to see, I need mm. to see some medicals on the ox. Yeah, why don't you do the research on that? You put your lab glasses on. You take a look at it. You can I wonder if there's it. anything on the internet. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. NBA tribute videos are a huge thing, basically, in the in the NBA. Does Jeremy Lamb get one November 5th? Because we know Kimball Walker gets one. That's a no-brainer. Does Jeremy Lamb get an NBA tribute video? Does he get a Charlotte Hornets tribute video for everything that he provided for the organization? This is always difficult. This reminds me of like when Christmas time rolls around for us in our um late 20s early 30s like which because i feel like at some point you have to decide which friends you're going to buy christmas and birthday presents for and which which friends you're not going to like who are really the the friends that are deserving of gifts Mm -hmm. because as you get older and you know i just feel like you should share a little bit more with people it was it was easy early on when you were kind of struggling to keep your head above water to say nah you know we're all good you know just come and have a beer with me on my birthday or whatever but it becomes more and more "Ah, i gotta get this person something but i think you know i've tried to make a list of like who where is that divider line between are you have you risen to the level uh, that i can buy you a gift it's really tough uh, but I think that Jeremy Lamb at least <laughs> deserves. <laughs> uh, you you realize what you've done here. You realize what you have done. What? Anybody what did I do? that listens to the podcast, yeah. if they don't get a Christmas present from you, they are going to feel extremely bad about it. No, I got lost in the mail, including me. No, now I'm going to feel bad if I don't get a Christmas no, present. No, I sent you from something. You. And now I feel obligated to get you one. But now I'm like, well, maybe I didn't make the list. Maybe I'm the Jeremy Lamb in all of this, and you're giving a bunch of other Kimball Walkers your Christmas present. No, no, it's, it's, in, it's in the mail. It's on the way. Uh, I still, right. it's, it's, um, it's, definitely, it's definitely coming. Anyway, so uh, Jeremy Lamb, I think definitely because of the years of service, the years of growth that we saw from Jeremy Lamb, I think he certainly deserves something. 
But I think it's more along the lines of a still image saying, thanks, Jeremy, uh, one of the timeouts or TV timeouts or something, you know, they they throw that up on that giant jumbotron that they have there in the Spectrum Center. And, you know, I think if you're a fan, if you want to stand, if you were a huge Jeremy Lamb fan, wear your jersey, give him a, give him a standing ovation if you want to. That's your right as a red-blooded American. But I, if it were me, I would just, you know, little, okay, thanks. You're not getting out of your chair? No. Are you sitting down the entire time? No, I mean, not, no. I think if he had, you know, if he were, a, if he was a big time starter, had, had done something, you know, contributed in a major way in a, in a big time uh, playoff game, you know, I know he had some big shots against Toronto, certainly had one of the most exciting shots in Charlotte Hornets history, uh, that, that buzzer beater against Toronto last season. But, you know, I, I think it's a like, hey, hey, thanks. Thanks for being here. Thank you for being here. I want to create the Jeremy Lamb Gary line Busey of commercial. where you fall on getting a tribute video from a certain team. And we know about the Mendoza line in baseball. If you bat above 200, you're above it. If you don't, you're below it. I want to create the Jeremy Lamb line because I think that's a pretty good line. If you're above it, do you get out of your seat and are you awarded a tribute video? If you're below it, then you obviously don't I think get Lamb, it. I think, I think Lamb might right, be right there below it. So, I, I mean, we could do the Lamb line. So I, you're saying there's somebody above – you're saying we could find a better example than Jeremy Lamb for the Lamb line. No, I think Lamb represents the line where it's like, oh, maybe kind of – That's what I'm saying. You know, no, right. no, I'm that's saying what Lamb, I, want to I think it's the Lamb line. Like, I think Al Jefferson is above the Lamb line. Like, Al Jefferson 100%. Would, would deserve – recognition kemba is you know probably the top you know he's the the line is a dot to kemba right yes he's the so line is right exactly um so yeah but i think lamb is like right there like well we wouldn't we, we wouldn't do anything for genera pargo you know we're not going to do anything for mo williams <laughs> mo williams you're, you're doing year. the easy ones i want to find Neal. the hard ones well let's say marvin williams is traded in season and you you welcome him back at whatever point. You know, maybe you welcome him back at some point in that season or maybe next season. Is Marvin Williams above the Lamb line or does he fall right on it? So what are we talking? So let's let's define this right. So the Lamb line is you're getting a still image and a small break in the action to to be applauded, and then above that is maybe the still image plus a cutaway on the jumbotron to your face on the bench. Plus, uh, I think Jeremy Lamb deserves that. Plus a, I think okay, de- okay. Plus a standing ovation. To me, just for being simple, give me tribute video or no tribute video. However you want to put it, I'm encompassing all of those things in one. If well, it's Lamb, not, to me, Lamb is way below tribute video, so that would yeah, not be right. a Lamb line. Okay, so I got you then. All right. To we me, the to Lamb line. Out. To me, the Lamb line is both about the, what the team gives you, but also about what the fans give you. Are the fans going to give you a standing ovation, or are they going to, you know, is half the crowd going to kind of be into it, and half the crowd heading for the concession stands? Were you a fan of the Hornets giving Dwayne Wade a tribute video when he came to town? Or did that bother you? I mean, that's the you thing know, about all of this. Honestly, you know. If a guy just comes and beats you up all the time, maybe maybe it is okay just to be like, you know what, well done. We couldn't stop you, you know. Like if any team was going to do it, it probably should have been them or, or the Mavericks. And that's the thing with tribute videos is that a lot of people have complained about them because the meaning is almost watered down with how many people get them. Did I hear that Marcus Morris is going to get a tribute video in Boston? Because that would be 
a travesty if that was the case. I need to look that up. We need to get a research team on that. If that's the case, then hell, it's, it's just going to be, be but, right uh, but to be fair, it's just going to be highlights from Markeith Morris. It's going to be a giant <laughs> troll on Marcus Morris. I would enjoy that. I would enjoy that as well. That will do it for the Lockdown Hornets podcast here, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown Hornets. We're going to try to get Folky tomorrow, maybe drop him in Patreon. So if you want to subscribe to Patreon, go to patreon.com slash LOH. You get amazing content from Doug's schedule breakdown. We will also include that video in our uh, that interview, I should say in our episode on thursday we're gonna try to get nada as well it's been a while i miss nada i want to hear some of the fire i'm gonna try to get him on thursday's episode so stick around at the end of the week hopefully we'll be able to provide you with plenty more hornets coverage hopefully we'll also get some more content thanks again for joining us on the lockdown hornets podcast